0: Hey, this is your boy Frank Gore. You listen, I'm listening to
1: 49ers Rush Niners all day. That brain sits home, baby. Let's go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I love it, man. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman.
2: What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys. Tuesdays mean one thing. That freaking fantastic duo. I don't know what we should call ourselves. The John and Wayne show. Which, Wayne, I got to be like honest with you. dynamic
3: duo. I like dynamic because we literally belong in a superhero villain movie.
2: <laughs> I'm the villain. I'm always the villain, man. No, man.
3: I'm the sidekick. <laughs> you're the superhero right and it's so cool because this weekend I really felt like we were we were like tag team perfect honestly I like you went off and did your thing and I all I wanted to do was be you know do my do my assignment I'm really good when you give me an assignment I want to get it done period
2: My, my favorite part where I was like Wayne Take over the damn stage. And you just went and did your thing, man. <laughs> but I was the way
3: you came and said, Wayne, <laughs> take over the damn stage. I'm like, do I really? Know? No. No, <laughs> I was, Yo, listen. If you guys haven't been to a 49ers Rush Road Trip event, when I tell you you're missing out on one of the greatest experiences of a lifetime, everything that's going on 49ers is great but there's nothing greater are you guys looking at me because I'm not even looking. I'm looking dead into my camera the experience is none other it is catastrophically through the universe and when I was there like I really felt like oh snap I can't miss any more of these like I can't And, and and I realized because the energy was great when John asked me to take over on the stage, I kind of pushed back a little bit. I, I I didn't want to. But then when he just put the mic in my hand, we transformed. It was like it was a transformation. It was like I did a did Optimus Prime.
2: <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> it was such a good weekend. Look at we got Judd in the house. Judd was killing all weekend. First he of all, all Judd.
3: um, I'm <laughs> trying to figure club. out Best people, like man. I want to get a budget like Judd. Because the moment he walked in, it was on and popping. And he uh, said that he was leaving with this jersey, this jersey, and that jersey. He did, and he did. He did yes, he did. Yeah, I
2: think he won an autographed Greenlaw jersey back to Trent back. Williams jersey back and to back. He won another one too. But anyway, we gave away a lot of stuff this weekend. Check this out, man. Look at this picture. How cool this- is this, man? If you're not, so l- l- we'll explain this real quick. This is Frank Gore shows up. We had about 400 people in attendance that night, which was so cool. And as soon as he walks in, like we bring him up on the stage to sign autographs and take pictures with people, and he like pushes the table out of the way and just walks right down into the audience and just starts like hanging out with everybody. It was so cool. Uh, It was a great weekend. Now, the Rush Road Trip was a huge success. We're excited for the Seattle trip. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I want to focus our attention on this game Let's talk about the 49ers taking over the Jacksonville Jaguars and the poll question today, Wayne, and I want, I want you to answer this. And, you know, we look at, I asked a simple question, which 49ers win was more dominant this year, the 42 to 10 win against the Cowboys at home or the 34 to three win again at Jacksonville on the road. Right now, the poll 55% are saying Jaguars in the chat so my question to you, let's start this off. What was the more dominating win for the 49ers? Cowboys or on the road versus the Jags?
3: I mean, anytime you beat the Cowboys, man, it, it takes precedent. Yeah. Now, if they did that on the road, it would be the winner. It's the road for me always because yeah. when you go on the road and you can, like, portray the dominance, like, you you when you have mind control on the road, that's scary because sometimes and these the way these playoffs work if you don't lock down that home field advantage throughout guess where you're gonna have to win John yeah, yeah went on the road you got one, you got to win on the road and so not only did the 49ers win on the road they dominated on the road right I would say that the beginning of the game it was paced and then things happened unfortunate events and the 49ers click the switch, flip the switch, and next thing you know, it was pure domination, and on all three phases or all four phases if you want to include coaching as well. And so when you when you when you <laughs> when you hold a team to three points in their home stadium, that takes the cake for me.
2: Yeah, look, look at Pepe. He says, you know, this one was more surprising because they won five straight, and they got to keep going back to like, all right, you beat a six and two team. Off of bye week, at home, after they won five in a row, like, you're just checking a lot of boxes. You know what I mean? Like, the Cowboys are a good football team, and I think the Cowboys are probably better than the Jaguars. But the Cowboys always fail to show up in big-time situations. That was a Sunday night football game. Lights are on. Cowboys ain't made for that. The Jaguars were – I mean, we – all throughout, Jacksonville was incredible. We had a great time. The city was great. The fans were great. Lots of good trash talk, but nothing too bad, which was really cool. That's what you always want. But, man, they were saying, like, man, five straight, one five straight. We'll see. It's going to be close. go going to be close. This game was never close. This game was never close. I think it was 10-3 to three at one point, and then the Niners scored on back-to-back drives to end the first half and start the second half, and that game was done. D-U-N. The third quarter, it was over. Mm-hmm.
3: I, the way you spell is perfect. <laughs> I think I think I was more impressed just watching the stadium be empty in at oh. like, like 11 minutes to go in the third quarter. It was just like, "Damn." Like yeah. like like the, all right. You know what the 49ers did in this game? And I'm a huge fan of Mortal Kombat. It's like Mortal Kombat over Street Fighter for me, right? They literally shang sung the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Your soul is mine. Mine,
3: mine, 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 mine. Like, it it
2: was bad, man. man. And, like, the stadium was ours. Like, we're looking around. That was the cool thing. We got friends to our left that we were hanging out with the night before. Matthew and May are over there. They come hanging out. Will and the group comes over. You know, they're, I think, North Carolina or South Carolina guys. Like, we had, like, a party in the stands. Right. Like, during the game. Right. And it. It was just like everybody was just – cut because there were empty seats everywhere because they all left. It reminded me so much of the Charlotte game last year, but Charlotte was a dog team that was about to fire their coach, trade us their best player, give us you know their awesome DC and all that stuff. So, like, you did that to a 6-2 and two team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I personally – I hate the Cowboys the most. Everybody knows that. But <laughs> this game for me – was a big deal, was a huge deal. Now, and this is something that I kind of want to talk about a little bit because you put out on Twitter, shout out to the man Wayne, if you don't follow Uh him on Twitter yet, you Uh got to go do that. He says, you know, there's three areas the 49ers still need to improve in to remain dominant. And so I want you to kind of walk us through these three things that you highlighted because I agree with you.
3: Okay, we agree. That's cool. It's cool when, when we agree. Number one. Third down offensively, and I guess you could say defensively because it was quite even because the Jaguars had the 12. same percentage, <laughs> right? And so the 49ers offensively have to be better for me on third down. And they could do it in small increments, right? Like, so if they went 33% in this game, I'm hoping the next game at home they bump it up to 50%, right? And then the game after that, they get to 75%. I know I was asking for a lot, but at the end of the day, the Niners got to be better on third down. I'm tired of them getting silly penalties and and getting off the field. I don't want to see Mitch Wisnowski punt the ball. I want to see first downs. And I will say this. My voice isn't fully back yet.
0: I will say this,
3: (laughs) that the Niners have so many options for third down conversions, it's not even funny. I don't care if it's Jawan Jennings, which I miss. You can add in Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell had one of the biggest third down conversions in this game and maybe of the San Francisco 49ers season. And that was it. Like, so so it lets me know that Kyle is is still uh experimenting. Like I don't want to say fishing or searching. Kyle knows exactly, but he's still experimenting with, with some key pieces. Also, there's other ways to get third, like other third down conversions, man. Like you know, run even the with, ball. Uh, there, run okay. the ball. There we go. Okay. Run the that, ball. Knew you were waiting for that, and I knew you were gonna co-sign it. I knew you were gonna run.
2: Running the ball is my favorite thing in football. It's my number one third and I, four
3: run play. I, I love knew it. you were gonna complete me. I just did. Like that's what you do. <laughs> like I knew it. Like I felt it. And I'm tired of saying it, but the Niners got to be better. Like they got to be better. And I'm listen. Thirty-four to three blowout. Cool. We still got to be better. That's number one. Number two. Seven missed tackles is still too too much for me, um, and some of them were many. The majority of them for the secondaries, but you know, DeAmador Lenore probably had his worst game, and I don't think it's. I think it came down duly to the new role that he had to play. It was not off and on outside inside for him. It was all inside for him, and uh, he just missed tackles uh, like. Yeah. Had the receiver in his grasps, tried to one-arm tackle, dude bounces off. It can't happen. Uh, Diamador Lenore, I don't know how if he's like a great tackler. He's more like a hit stick guy. He's got to erase the hit stick from his memory because you will give up explosive plays. Believe the Christian Kirk explosive play was on a missed tackle. And so, like, when I – like, they got – the missed tackles are a problem. Fred Warner, the first one, uh, John and I, we, you know, didn't disagree. I think we both agreed to it. It was a tough tackle for Fred to make because it looked like he was going for the ball. Yeah. But they're going to count it as a missed tackle because it was like bam, bam. He was there in the coverage. It was right there. Great throw. Great coverage. Great coverage. He just kind of went for the ball, dove in, and then didn't get the tackle. But then he had another one in the game as well where he kind of like bounced off these guys. And listen, football players are shifty, slippery. They have to find a way to bring them down. And most the, mo- the majority of the missed tackles came in the screen game. I right. probably could have put that in there. But missed tackles. They got to do better. Seven missed tackles. And then the one that messes my mother freaking mojo up the most. I'll take four for 12 every game on third down if the Niners stop getting silly penalties.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, The penalties, and they always happen early on the offense. And when they do, like, the, the game started off perfect. You know, I, I went through. I've got the first half offensive breakdown up on our Patreon and the 40 com. And, man, offense was cooking. It's just you had that pass interference against IUK, which was. It was Bull pass crack. interference. It, 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 was think, it was a push. It was a push. And I think why he got called is because he pushed off in the end zone on that touchdown, and they didn't call didn't it. Didn't call it. They worked the refs, and then a drive later, they do call it there. And so that's kind of the way that it works. So, yeah, I'm with you on the penalties. Now, I'm also with Steven over here. Don't bother me. Can we add, capitalize off turnovers?
3: We absolutely can.
2: Four straight weeks that the defense has caused a turnover, given the 49ers offense, the ball on the positive side of the 50, and you walk away with
3: zero points. Well, what happens, though, Steven, uh, is that the Niners end up with a big hold penalty, which puts you now behind – the down the distance, and then Kyle runs three straight pass plays and none of them are screens. Hmm. And so, like, you get to the play calling and you say, God dang, come on, Kyle. I, I, yeah. Why can we get screened up but we can't screen somebody up? You got the option here. Or just run the ball. Like,
0: yeah. All right, for,
3: for example, on the offensive PI play, right, the next play, what do we do? Throw it again. So why are we throwing on first and 20? When you could run it, I take two yards over net no yards, right? Two yards, second and eighteen. It's still second and long. Now you can run another intermediate play where you can set up your personnel and possibly get half of those back. And now you're on a third and, and, and eight, third and seven. And and it makes it more, you know, easy to try to get or convert that third down. And that's why the Niners struggled on third down, in my opinion. So yeah. the play calling will always be somewhat of an issue. In those situations. Now execution is another uh another thing which you can add that could be number 5, but I thought the 49ers executed rather decent in this game. It's just when you get a penalty, it changes up the whole I mean, John, what's the play on first and 20? What what is it? Like
2: it's a yeah, you don't go empty set and get the quarterback hit.
3: Ooh, like, you were pissed. I'd never seen John angry. I get mad at
2: empty sets. Oh, my God. I don't John mind was... the empty set if it's a quick hitch or a quick read. Ooh. I get really upset in the an empty set, meaning no running back, no fullback, nobody's behind there, just no threat of running the ball, and you do a five, seven-step drop. I hate that. I do not like That's not who we are. We don't have – we're not Patrick Mahomes. We're not slinging whatever. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And PrizePix even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry over 27 and a half points. Draymond Green will he make one 3-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my reward. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Even Patrick Mahomes
3: in, like a, in, in an empty set, he's still going to find a way to improv it a little bit. Brock Purdy's still not – that's not him. He can improv, but he's not the Patrick Mahomes innate improver where I'm going to hike the ball for three, I'm going to run around for a couple of minutes and then find somebody to get open and pray that we get a penalty flag. That's not Brock. And When you saw the empty set, I said to you, John – isn't the defense just going to play pass?
2: And they did. They all backed up, and they Sheet. all made their alert calls, and they Sheet. feed off. And yeah, yeah, I almost heard the wire come out right there. She. <laughs> she.
3: It's a long. Corey, long- what's
2: up, man? Corey Lindsay. Birthday, was, Corey. Dude, how cool is that? It was awesome hanging out this weekend. You guys were incredible, Marcus. I saw you in the chat earlier. I mean, we met so many cool people this weekend, and you know, Freight Gore was awesome. My thing that I get most excited about is seeing other people have memories. I want to get to know people better. Um, it was cool. This was a good weekend. Thank you, Corey, and happy birthday, brother. You deserve it all. Now, let, let's talk about the defense. Let's flip over. The defense was epic, absolutely incredible, and I think that it started with the D-line, obviously. There were 57 total defensive snaps. Listen to the snap counts because I think that this is so important. Nick Bosa led all D-line, 37 snaps out of 57. The previous week he played every damn defensive snap. Now he got 20 off. Rest. So the rotation, Nick Bosa, 37. Hargrave, 37. Chase Young, 35. Armstead, 34. Kinlaw, 24. Givens, 24. Farrell, 22. Randy Gregory, 21. It's confusing,
3: John. Go ahead. Let's talk well, about it. well, Well, just at the snap count, right? So Chase Young didn't play in that first series. So that was three snaps. So how did he end up with only two less than Nick Bosa and Hargrave, who played on those three carries? I might miscount. I don't know. It it seemed like after that first possession when uh Armstead got his sack, that's when you started to interject that Chase Young energy and things like that. I agree with you that the defensive front was the key to this game. It allowed the secondary to tee off and play different and we said that we said the key to some good secondaries if you don't have the superstar studded guys in the backfield like uh, a patrick sertan or or kyle hamilton or those those guys that stand out like you know that are top like you fix you apply the pressure up front and i thought rotation is key for the san francisco 49ers if nick bosa can stay effective with less snaps. Man, no wonder he stayed fresh in this game. And then you look at the interior, and I'm hoping Eric Armstead's foot is going to be okay because Brandon Sheriff is probably one of the dirtiest players in hey, the he NFL. Him out him too. He, yeah. he did call him out, which Armstead has zero problems calling people out. You said it, not me. I was trying to behave. <laughs> and so i like that from armstead though he's starting to be vocal (laughs) i'm I'm starting to get a dog from armstead but no seriously i'm starting to sense the dog in him. but nah like think about it though and so like i'm like yo the rotation is crazy and you're seeing production right and it reminds me i keep saying it like if the niners it allows first of all it reminds me of that giants defense in 2007 because they just stayed fresh Tom Brady Duck
2: and all those guys wrote. Oh Yo, my God.
3: Know. Tom Brady didn't know who was hitting him at what time. And regardless, it came down to what it came down to. Tom Brady was pressured the whole game. And so, you know, when you got the greatest quarterback of all time arguably being pressured the whole game from guys he just can't who that where he come from? That's what the Niners are doing. It's not even that they're trying to confuse you. They're just trying to stay fresh and healthy. And health is wealth. And so that's what I'm getting from this defensive line, and I can't wait to see how they're going to play at home against Tampa Bay.
2: Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, and you know, it, it's funny because I want to talk about two things. I, I want to stay on this D line conversation. Uh, Don't bother me, says Bosa. Supercharged, having Young out there, it was the best Bosa's been. This is his best. That was game his best year game. Best by game. considerable margin. Now, Akash, who does great work always, he's one yes, of the sir. best tweeters out there, um, he says his pressure to sack rate for the $40 defense this year, the highest that we had was week one against Pittsburgh, 20.8. We had a zero pre- uh, sack rate, you know, pressure to sack rate against Minnesota, 18 against Cincinnati. We had the highest, 45.5% pressure to sack rate. They finally finished. They They were finally affecting the passer and can I, I don't can know. I, well,
3: Go can ahead. we add in the simple fact that Trevor Lawrence was the second best quarterback with quarterback release time at 2.2 seconds and yeah. so when you it's Joe it was Joe Burrow all these quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands quicker than 2.4 seconds all of the ones we played maybe except for uh Kenny Pickett and 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 maybe Daniel Jones at the times when we played them but the other quarterbacks were getting that ball out quick and fast in a hurry and the Niners pressure was there but the sacks weren't coming right so they were getting to Kirk Cousins but they just couldn't get him down on the ground as effectively when you add chase young to that equation there's no more just doubling nick bosa and doubling hargrave on the first sack of the game like if i know you watched the film first sack of the game they weren't even double team they couldn't they couldn't even max protect they thought they could and they couldn't they couldn't max protect you know who they doubled they doubled eric armstead who got the sack yep
2: yep and that's the thing like back-to-back weeks armstead's been getting the double teams Back-to-back, he got 17 double teams in the first half against uh, the the last team we played, the Bengals. Keep doing that. Go ahead. And and I know that's like the quote-unquote plugger role in our defense where we put them in between and it's like an automatic call to double them based on his alignment. But teams that do not adjust for the outside edge pressure, that is on them. That is on them. I um, want to say thank you to Goldblooded. Uh, appreciate the super chat. He says, didn't get to watch the game in full because the daughter softball game, you're a good dad. That's what's up, kids first. But seeing Demo was in the nickel, was that all game or certain packages? Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it, so the corners, the outside starting corners were Demo and Charvarius Ward, which I want to talk about Charvarius Ward here in a minute. Whenever it w- went to 11 personnel and we went nickel package, Demo kicked in Ambry Thomas came in on the outside. And i want to talk about all three of these guys so wade your pick first demo ambry i want to take your michigan guy come on man you deserve that talk about ambry
3: yeah so so ambry it just you know this this seemed kind of like uh rookie ambry thomas right second half of the season the button flipped the the light bulb clicked switched however y'all look at it it just turned on now i will say that his assignments were a little different i saw a lot of press man from ambry thomas in this game which is his comfort zone a lot less off giving up the underneath a lot more press man now does he struggle with with moves and quick twitches? yeah but you know where he is around the ball like at the end of the day if he's giving up the catch he's making the tackle and then on that one play three targets two receptions 66 point whatever percentage 66.6 cool no problem right not a problem at all because on that last one it was fumble ruski like he didn't give up on the play. He was playing the inside, which means he wasn't going to give up that. So the out-of-bounds out lines where the guy had to go. He couldn't get out of bounds. Embry didn't give up. He kept scrapping. And you can't ask for more a better, a better play from a defensive back. Pulls the ball out of his hand. Let's talk about after that. After that, he picks the ball up. After that, he returns the ball, and he finds a way to stay in bounds and then gets all the way. It was super slow motion. If you guys know the story of the tortoise in the here, he was definitely the tortoise. Even though he has speed, but I think he was so tired by the time he got that ball. But he found a way into the end zone. Unfortunately, it was called back due to the team being on the field during the time and interference, which is yeah. a penalty.
2: Yeah. Can, I, can I play the Shadahad clip? Caps are freaking Louis. This is Shadahad talking about the players getting on the field and coaches as well. Is that one? <laughs> yeah
4: no I would have been oh mad at whoever did it no I was I was mad at myself and everyone, I thought the play was over we, we, we couldn't see and everyone jumped up and so when that happens you're getting out there to start to congratulate people coming back and they're not coming back to congratulate us they're running back at us so everyone got it we we know the rules definitely we know you can't go on the field I just we I personally thought the play was over um they ran by right by us and Uh, it was very unfortunate because it's a good learning experience for our team. We do show that stuff, but um, it's it was short lived because we ended up scoring, so um, we can live with it. But good learning example for us,
2: he would have trashed everybody. And the funny thing was, it was three rookies and Kyle Shanahan, right? It was Ronnie Bell, Dean Winners, and Jair Brown, and Shanahan, and like that's a rookie excitement you know, thing, which I'm glad that they're excited to get on the field for special teams. But yeah, that was sorry, Ambry Thomas, I would like this conversation to continue. I didn't want to cut you off.
3: But. I just thought he he definitely played the best game um all season long that he was asked to do. Um I I gotta go back and watch the film. I I thought that the Niners were in nickel on the first play. Like and mm-hmm. so they were. I think Ambry started at on the outside, whereas Diamond Lenore started inside. Not saying he didn't take any outside snaps. They didn't test Ambry Thomas, and they didn't have the time to test Ambry Thomas. And like I said, you know, Ambry, Steve Wilkes, at the beginning of the season, has this, uh, what's the word, affinity. For a player like Ambry Thomas, there's something about Ambry Thomas skill set that Steve Wilkes likes. The only thing from Ambry Thomas is his mental and his confidence. And maybe this is a game that boosts up his confidence a little bit, just like, two, like his rookie year just like his rookie year where he had that one game. You know, he kind of struggled against Cincinnati, but then he had a game against the Tennessee Titans. The Niners lost that game against the Titans. But after that, Ambry kind of skewed up. You get the big interception against the Rams next to, you know, Ambry Thomas is starting outside. And so, look, they went with those two guys that they drafted, right? Ambry Thomas and Diamadour Lenore. For Diamadour Lenore, which you'll be able to take over, I thought the switch was cool, but I just think that, not saying he wasn't ready, he, he struggled a bit in the slot and it it's it's that position it's i expect every every offense i expect them to attack our defense from the slot if you're telling me that this pass rush is back and that the outside corners can cover their men i feel like they're going to have no choice but to attack the slot because it's the most quickest way to get a ball out their hands and i think unless I would like to see DeAmador Lenore there more if they're trusting Ambry Thomas because I guarantee you the more he plays it, the better he'll get at it. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say.
2: And, you know, I'll say this too. My Ambry Thomas take is this. He gave up two catches on three targets. No problem there. Zero yards after, after, after the after. catch. That's shut. I mean, he's doing his damn job. You you get that going and you force a turnover. That's positive on positive. Now, Demo, Demo played well outside. Demo struggled whenever he went into the slot. And people don't want to hear this, Wayne, and we've talked about this for two years now, way back with Jimmy Ward last year. Playing the slot is the most difficult position on the 49ers team. It's it number is. one. It's, it's number the one. hardest offense defense because we play inside leverage and we don't put safety help over the top very often. Thank you. So you, it's just difficult. When Demo went inside, he struggled. But I don't even think that this is done. I think that this was a matchup move. Kyle said that they're going to continue to evaluate the slot nickel spot week in, week out, playing against the Jaguars, where they have all slot wide receivers and a slot tight end that's not really like big and tough. I do think that Isaiah Oliver will still get some play against bigger, tougher run teams because he is very, very good against the run, even this year where he's been torched in the past game. He has made some great plays against screens. He has made some great plays against the run. It's just coverage, which is a problem. I'm not trying to say like, oh, whatever. But I don't think that this is currently a permanent move at the slot position. I think it's a matchup-driven game. And if you play some of these more physical, run-heavy teams, I think Oliver could get some snaps in there. But, man, here's my thing that nobody's talking about. Charvarius Ward allowed zero catches. Zero they targeted him twice. Like that's
3: pretty damn good. It it, it is pretty good. Um and, Zero? And, and we can we can we can still be uh we can still have that conversation. He, he he's he's handsy, and he's gonna get called for these, that five second excuse me that five yard rule. Mm. You know the, it's just weird, right? And so, I can he play more press so that way he's just physically physical at the line of scrimmage maybe to negate that defensive hold because that five yards is what's really killing him. but i gotta shout him out because he broke up a touchdown play in the end zone and they they only got three points (laughs) like like, whoa like all right man you can call me for a penalty no problem It's gonna break up the touchdown play call it a day and this is what you got him for the long arms the pbus you didn't get him for interceptions you didn't sign him for any of that stuff You sign him for PBUs, and that's who he is. I feel like Traverius Mooney Ward can start a PBU university, and people will sign up because he just has that gift to break up plays, to be in the right position. Now, he does get some penalties, um, and and it's going to happen to the discretion of the officials, but I thought he played a really good game. I did too. I did too. Now,
2: we've got a really good question talking about Chase Young long-term. Uh, how the world that's going to work out? We're going to talk about that, but before we do, let's pay some bills. Man, we had a good week betting this week. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win, like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays. I like teasers. And take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw, Quick. Carries a one-time rollover. Can't find that anywhere else. Just use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now. That's promo code 49ers. So try my money uh, money bag. Uh, you basically roll the dice, and it picks a team. and gives you extraordinary extraordinary odds on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, Lots of fun options there, so bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I do mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Just make sure you use the promo code 49ERS, and let's go. Let's make some money together.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar.
1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, here we go. Shout out to the man Flynn. He says, question for you guys. Would you rather re-sign Young and trade uh, Ayuk?" or re-sign IUK and let Young walk. I love IUK, but I'm leaning Young right now. Whew. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I do think that Young's gonna cost a little bit more if he continues to play this way. Um, 49erscap.com, which awesome, awesome site. Uh, they did like a projected contract for Young, and it was like four years, 22 million a year. I think IUK would be a little bit less than that. I need to look up a projection there. But if we're just operating off of this very simple trade IU keep young or let young walk and keep IU what are your thoughts Wayne
3: It's definitely a hard decision right because yes. uh when you look at Brendan IU he may be the, the the true number 1 wide receiver that the 49ers haven't had in a long time but I'm starting to question is that what this offense is even built off of and I know that Kyle Shanahan, I know that John Lynch really care about the trenches. Uh, and if it, if it isn't an offensive lineman that's gonna help them keep moving forward or a defensive guy and chase young like we're talking, I think everybody in the faithful like really like what we saw on Sunday. And I think everybody's starting to understand that you can't block them all. And if they have the opportunity to keep Chase Young in this building, I think that they they go for it, and I would actually take Chase Young um, over Brandon Ayuk. And this is not a shot to Brandon Ayuk, uh, but I feel like the Niners' offense is just built off of guys who can catch the ball and and make something happen. And when you still got Debo Samuel, uh, maybe Ronnie Bell could turn into something like that, uh, like as a as a route runner. They have guys in there, and then they can still address. The wide receiver position in the draft, they they got a first round pick, they got a second round pick, and so they gotta find a way to get some money, you know, to be cheaper going forward in the future. I say put the stock on the edges. I, I thought the rule was you pay edge rushers, you pay tackle, left tackles, right or left, and you pay the quarterbacks. I thought that was the rule, and the reason why you're paying a guy like Christian McCaffrey and like Debo Samuel is because those guys aren't running backs and wide receivers; they're weapons. Is Brandon Ayuk a weapon, or is he just the true number one wide receiver? I don't think this offense is built for a true number one wide receiver. If it was, Brandon Ayuk wouldn't be having 55 yards per game. Like, that is we- – they would go to him every single freaking play as they can. Now, this is not a shot at Ayuk, John. I'm shutting up because I'm going to tell you right now, Ayuk is open on every play, Everyone. every play. He's a dog. He's a blocker. He's this. He's that. But can the 49ers offense continue to groom wide receivers like that and find special things in those wide receivers? I think that's the replaceable piece that the 49ers are going to look to replace. And it's unfortunate, especially if the production of Chase Young continues to trend upwards.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a, I just looked up on Spo track what uh IUK has projected. 20 million. So, you know, pretty close. 22 million for Young, 20 million for IUK. And, you know, Greg says if they sign Young, that'd be $100 million a year investing in that defensive line. That does not bother Shanahan or John Lynch. I don't know if you meant that as a negative. I don't think they see that as a negative. And, you know, the notorious GAV, shout out to Kyle Juszczyk touchdown. I was thinking about you, brother. Um, he says, pay IU. There's not a wrong choice here. My thing is, I want you ever see radio? You Absolutely. ever see radio? Absolutely. Whenever they ask Kuba him what type of pie he wants, uh-huh. what type of pie you want?
3: Both. Uh-huh. I want both. Right. I want both. That's that's <laughs> my answer. You told me I had to pick one.
2: I know I'm cheating. I gotta bend the rules here. If it's either or, part of me wants to. I want I'd probably keep Ayuk. His track record. His longevity. In house, you know, doghouse. He's ideal. You Love remember I when eat. they drafted him and it was COVID year and Kyle Shanahan high fived nobody. Yeah. You remember that? I remember. Like this is Shanahan's dude. Now. And and again, I've said this about Ayuk in the past. The last three weeks did not do Ayuk favors. When Debo was out, Ayuk could have elevated and been that guy and made a lot of money, and he did not. He played well, but he didn't do what they needed. So I I don't know, man. Um, I'm hoping you can restructure some stuff. You can figure some stuff out. This is a great problem to have, and I can't believe we're talking about it after this game, but that's where our mind goes. We saw something that we loved. We got it on the cheap. We want to keep it all. You got to finesse some stuff. And maybe it's not an IUK or, you know, maybe it's not an IUK or what's it called? Young conversation. Maybe there's some other maybe areas. Maybe Trent that Williams. Can
3: change. Maybe he retires. Maybe, maybe Trent. Yeah, Kyle maybe you move on from you. Oh point. my gosh, you took I mean, the words out of my mouth, right? That's like, we don't know. Right. We don't. And this is not, I don't want people to say, oh, I, Breezy doesn't want IUK. No, 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 no. I absolutely do, but if I had to pick one, like I really like the de- I I really love the defense teeing off mm-hmm. the way that it does. I'm so used to not seeing a Jerry Rice in this offense, like I've gotten accustomed to it. And I'm not saying Brandon IU can't be that, which I feel like he can. But is this offense built that way? Is the question? The offense is built for the quarterback to get the ball to the open man. And, yes, does Brock and Ayuk have the right chemistry? Yeah. They probably have the greatest chemistry probably on the team. But if I had to pick one, I mean, I'd rather put the money into that defensive front and let them keep teeing off and having other people get opportunities to score, you know. I mean, Ayuk is going to get – Ayuk gets open so often, but is he giving you the score production that you need? Who's scoring the more of the touchdowns? Is it Ayuk? Is it Debo? Is it Christian McCaffrey? Is it George Kittle? There's so many options and weapons here. Can they replace an Ayuk inbred right there at home with some of these guys that they drafted? Or do they look to use another pick to hold them off for another five years in a wide receiver with their first-round pick? There's so many options. I mean, would you take the defensive end in the first round or the wide receiver in the first round? You could do both. I mean, you could do either one. I'm saying.
2: Yeah, Option. but and part of me says I want to. I want to choose left tackle. That that would be right. My ideal right,
3: right. Right. You get what so, I'm saying. Right.
2: <laughs> you know, but not not at losing Trent. And I love this. Paul, Big Papa says I don't choose between Chase or IU. I choose Frog. I love it. And you know, I got pulled up the cap hits for next year. Mm. There are things that you could do. Uh, you know, Trent Williams is the biggest one. You don't restructure him, obviously, because he's, like, almost on the back end. Correct. But Armstead's restructured more than I can count. Debo would be the obvious one to me. Correct. Do you think Debo can continue to play for another three years? You could tack on another two years and take that $28.5 million cap hit down to about 12? That's pretty easy to do. You extend them two years, $6 million a year, add a void year on top of it, now you're getting dangerous. Can Debo's body hold up for that long? All that kind of stuff. But Fred Warner's not going anywhere. You could definitely extend that, and push some there. Like George you can Kittle's get getting older too. You know, I don't know if you want to do that with Kittle or not. I don't know. He did older. it for free. That's for what I'm Boston saying.
3: Uh, do you move on from Mooney Ward? Uh, because you got these young guys there. I mean, like, there's options. There's options. But, but nah, that's I why Papa pop Big Papa says I, I choose Parag, and I yeah. I agree. Yeah.
2: And, and, you know, you look at that Nick Bosa cap hit next year, 14 million. It's not like that's not bad. That is really, really not bad. And right here, Vince, he says, yeah, restructure Debo and Warner, keep both. There's a way to do it. But you're starting to get into the whole territory of superstar, superstar, superstar. And if you're hitting on the back end of the draft, that's great. We don't know because we always redshirt our guys. Maybe Ronnie Bell, who's been the IU guy. I mean, do you want Ronnie? Uh, we know I we know Ronnie Bell can block. He had a great 20-yard catch this game. I was sitting next to Wayne, he about busted my eardrums. <laughs> there there is Wayne and there is Wayne with Michigan players. I feel bad for the Wayne with chicken wings and all of them are level 10.
3: Yo, you didn't have tacos once this weekend. I felt bad for the people in front. They were like, "Who is number 10?" <laughs> oh, like, he screamed I, it out. I, I felt they really like, bad.
2: Oh, all right, all right, all right. I felt bad. Yeah, no, that's all good. It's all good. So I I don't know. We'll kind of see how it goes. Um, And, you know, just because I said something bad about Kyle Juszczyk maybe retiring, I wanted to get to this question to try to appease the notorious GAV. Do we still need to feed Kyle Juszczyk juice more? And it was so cool when he scored the touchdown and everybody starts chanting juice. Juice. I mean, the whole stadium. There was, a, there was a very sweet, young 49ers kid there. It goes, why are the 49ers fans booing? And the oh, dad yeah. leaned over and goes, no, honey, his nickname is Juice. They're going, Juice. And, like, I saw her face light up. It was just so cool. It was just like, oh, this is like a Norman Rockwell football faithful setting. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, Kyle Juszczyk because I thought he had his one of his better games.
3: I think with everybody there intact, I think you get to feature him more in him being the utility jackknife. Mm. When everybody's not there intact, I mean, just on the first the first series, I'm watching Juszczyk just candle motions like yes. a champ. Like <laughs> Are they going to cover him? Is he going to block on the run? Is he going to do this? And I will say that I think Kyle Juszczyk is, is probably the third best run blocker on the team. Like, literally. Like, and 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 what do I mean by that? Just the way that he's able to get out there on the edges, the way he's get up. You know, you got Trent Williams, you got George Kittle, you got Kyle Juszczyk. Like, to me, in that order. And when they use Juszczyk, they need him out there. And I think they've been needing him to do that. But when you got everybody else together, you got everybody intact, I feel like now you can start hitting them with the oozy-juicy. And now you can start utilizing juice. And because of the way that they utilized him throughout the game, when those motions were in check, that defense was lost in the juice sauce just like we were because we didn't know it was going to juice check. And then you get your touchdown. And that's what I like. He's best in the passing game opposed. He's a better pass catcher than he is a runner uh, because when we run him, we're running him up the middle, and he doesn't have the speed to get to the outside zone. He's not a powerful running back, but I they got to use him. Uh, t- to answer this damn question, find a way to use juice. That's how yeah. I look at it. Juice is good. Yeah, my
2: favorite thing is there was one play where Kyle lined up. check was out, split out wide. Oh. Debo was the fullback. You motioned Kittle to the fullback spot. McCaffrey was in the slot, and it was just like, Figure the hell out of that one. like It's you know a Rubik's mean?
3: Cube, John, every oh time. Gosh. When the 49ers' offense is intact, it's a Rubik's Cube puzzle. Yeah, fun, if, the, if guys get that reference. Not it sure is if they fun. Got it. Yeah. Now,
2: um, I do want to take a minute out and just say about our next trip. Uh, two things. There is no home tailgate party this weekend for the Bucks. Uh, I'm going to be with the UK Faithful chapter um, with them at the game, trying to spend time and just cultivate that relationship with some amazing people, um, trying to just foster better relationships. So, so I apologize for that. No Bucks tailgate for the 49ers rush road trip this week. Next week. I am beyond excited about this one, Wayne, because this is going to be a – I'm bringing the whole family. I never get to bring my family. The wife's coming out. The kid's coming out on a road trip. We are going to be at the Press Box in Seattle. It used to be Tony T's. It's changed ownership to a much more 49ers-friendly bar now, Um, and we're taking this over. So we're going to be there the night before, which is going to be awesome. That starts at about 4.30, and I'm waiting on the instructions for the 49ers team plane. Alex and the 49ers faithful chapter in Seattle, they always welcome the team playing when they land in Seattle. So we're going to try to do that. Then we're going to go party night before it's the Wednesday party um, at the press box. And then the day of this is going to be epic. We are doing a Thanksgiving day style tailgate at the press box and it's going to be packed. It's going to be awesome. We're going to start at 2 PM. It's one block South of Lumen field, Go get your tickets, 49ers Rush Road Trip.com. Come party with us. Wayne's gonna be there. We got the whole rush team coming out.
3: I'm pretty excited about this one. Last year Seattle was crazy, Wayne. It was amazing. Uh and then the walk over to the stadium was fun. That was cool. Uh, and it was cool because you had the Seahawk fans that attended the the event. Um, and they were adamant that they were gonna be good until they weren't. And so, like, it was it was a really cool experience. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I just want to beat the Bucs first. I don't even want to look past the Bucs. But the experience at the Rush Road Trip, it doesn't matter where we go or who we play, the experience is always too we legit together. to quit. Yeah.
2: We together. That's yeah. what it is. Now, I, I I feel bad because we haven't even talked about the man who I think probably might have had the best game. Brock freaking purdy. <laughs> How, how do we get this far without talking about the quarterback? Because I, I really think Brock Purdy played incredible, one of his better games. The
3: Brock is hot.
2: The Brock is hot. Greg, it says, Purdy is a gunslinger that has elite anticipation and a beautiful mind. I think that is beyond well said. And NFL on CBS put out this crazy stat. It says, Brock Purdy career NFL ranked since the merger. Now there's 339 quarterbacks who have at least 400 attempts. Of all of those, Brock Purdy is first in passer rating with a 108.9. Any quarterback that has over 400 pass attempts ever in the history of the NFL since the merger, Brock Purdy's first quarterback rating, completion percentage first all-time, yards per attempt first all-time, pass touchdowns per attempt first all-time. I know stats can be manipulated. I know Brock has one of the smallest sample sizes of all those 339 quarterbacks. But damn, Wayne.
3: I just smile because there are a lot of of people that want to be down on him. And and that's fine, right? Every player deserves constructive, which is the key word, and then criticism. So if you're going to be down on a quarterback, explain why. Explain why. I thought for the very first time in my life, you know, Mike Martz in the 33rd team. They put out, it's it's on my uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Check out the video. He said Brock is the real deal. And I think now we understand why. Look, if you even go to those last three games where we took L's, those were three different ways, three different losses and three different ways. And, yes, Brock turned the ball over in each one of those games under three different scenarios and three different circumstances. <laughs> like it's so many different variables. Why couldn't he just be a quarterback that needed to learn from those mistakes? Yeah. he come out here in this game with his offense intact. And it's not that Brock needs Debo, needs Trent Williams, needs these players to win. It's just a better situation for him because now his brain, which I think is highly advanced, can operate. Some people struggle in certain things and then you give them that complicated stuff and it's like easy to them. But you give them the simple stuff and it's just like, ah, it don't work. I'm missing the complication part. I'm missing all that type of stuff, right? That's Brock. And so you watch them come out here against Jacksonville. You watch them have some off throws. You watch them have some miss. uh, When I say miss throws, clearly he could have hit an open Debo Samuel in the flat or a CMC in the flat. One of CMC's passes in the flat was late. Which didn't result in any yards like of course he could have hit that brock's looking down the field he's waiting for his guys to get open and he just has to get that his pocket will collapse at some point when the offensive line just isn't intact people are coming at brock but look at how he finished this game and it's not always about how you start it's always about how you finish and there's one thing to me i don't care about any of these stats that separates brock from a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of the great quarterbacks, a lot like the Josh Allens, the, mm-hmm. the, those guys, is the fact that he has something called the it factor, and you can't measure it. It's unmeasurable. He just has a gift. He is not built like a typical pro-type uh, pro quarterback. He is Brock Purdy. Win or lose, he goes out there, and he just does some amazing things. Didn't like yeah. the intentional grounding, but damn it, he was trying to make a play. <laughs> he, he was. He was trying to make a play,
2: and you know, I I agree with what Hammer says here. Brock is great. We just got to see him bring a comeback win, like come from behind. We haven't seen that yet. Logan, I don't want to see
3: it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I, yeah. I like when we're ahead. I do, and too. everything. But you're right. When that situation presents itself, he needs to find a way to help get his team over that hump, and we almost had it. In Cleveland, almost. You know, he did
2: everything he needed to do. We just he did it. everything.
3: He just, you know, Jake Moody under pressure, freaking ice in the kicker. He struggles. That's
2: where now, he's struggling. I want to play one more Kyle clip, and and I think one of my favorite things about this is has Brock been different in these three losses versus this game? And I would say through three quarters of all three losses, no, he was the same guy.
4: But listen to Kyle. I, mean, I think he's been playing the same way all this time, and. Um, you don't feel it from him at all. That's that's why I've kind of been, you know, I, I know he's had some turnovers here and there in our losses. But um, you know, you ask anyone who's watched all those games and stuff, he was one of the best players on the field in those games, and you're always responsible for those turnovers. And but Brock, there's none where you're sitting there saying he's taken too many bad decisions. Um, that was one definitely. It's going to happen with guys, but um, I love having a guy who isn't thinking about that. He's trying to make the right decisions, letting it rip, and he'll live with the consequences and try to get better when it's not.
2: Yeah, and so I I, I love me some Brock. He was the number one rated player. You know, you here's, here's my point nine. Yeah, yeah. My favorite thing. Listen to this, okay? When Brock Purdy was blitzed, okay? Ah, here we go. He had a 145.8 passer rating. When Brock Purdy was not blitzed, He had a 148.4 passer rating. It's like, what the hell do you want to do against this guy? Because he was just dynamite. You look at the plays where he threw the ball over 20 yards, six for six. He hit every one of them. Perfect passer rating, six first downs, 158.3 passer rating. That's perfect, by the way. I, I mean, three touchdowns. You look at the. Average depth of target for Kittle and Iuk, both of them were over 19 yards. That's average.
3: The dude's slinging the damn ball, man. He's definitely slinging it, and he takes risks. And sometimes, you know, you got to be a risk taker. And sometimes it turns out great, and sometimes it's not going to turn out great. And even in those situations where it looked like he was forcing passes and he ends up with those interceptions – his processing was to get the ball down the field to the middle, which he's really comfortable throwing. He doesn't really care about the coverage. It's just that his balls were too high. Passes. I mean, his passes, his balls. His passes were high, and they sell. They got to drop.
2: They got to drop. They, they
3: got to drop. Right. And so, like, <laughs> like, good comeback, John. Way to clean that one up. But, like, you know, look, uh, these are these, everybody has a different way of dealing and learning through their mistakes. The key is, can you overcome and learn from your mistakes? And now, if Brock lost three straight, and then he come in here and had a dominant offensive play, right? Dominant. It's safe to say that maybe he's learning from these mistakes. When I talk about his it factor and that innate ability to just play football, Okay, so in certain scenarios, Brock is going to struggle. Cool. Well, the more he sees those scenarios, you have to say he's going to overcome it. It's the Mm -hmm. same way I feel about Jake Moody. These players are young, and they are in, like, the greatest stage that they can ever be in. And we want them to be like machines when they're not. And at some point, they're going to mess up. The question is, are we going to beat them when they mess up? Are we going to constructively criticize them so that they can find a way to go out there and be better and correct themselves from their mistakes? And that's what we watched Brock did. And Jake Mm -hmm. Moody hasn't missed since. And so, like, I don't care how close it was to a miss. It didn't miss. I don't care how close that play that Brock was to an interception. It wasn't an interception. So maybe the next time Brock doesn't throw that pass. Maybe the next time Jake Moody kicks a better field goal. I don't know. But my point is they got to continue to keep doing it. The more they do it, the more it becomes yes. like muscle memory. Y'all know that.
2: I And I'm to the point now, and, you know, Wayne, we were sitting next to each other. When we kicked a field goal, I was like, hell yeah. I love this. Yeah. Like,
3: you it, said it, it, you said something I never expected you to say, and I ain't going to repeat it on here, but I was like, oh, snap. You said Jake Moody has been great. That's what you said. Been.
2: He has been. And, and so has Brock Purdy. But what's the question with that? these younger players? Pressure situations. Pressure. They're just different. And I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying they haven't been asked to do it very much. That That's time's going to come. Because when you play football and in the NFL, it's weird as hell this year. It is weird as hell this year. You see the Ravens go out there and have about the best first half you could possibly have being the best football team maybe in the NFL and then lose the second half in a game that was blown out. Like, the NFL is weird as hell. It's just weird. The freaking MVP race has CJ Stroud involved. Where did that come from? And he belongs there. Like, he's played that well. Like, things are weird and things don't go your way. And so the Niners, including Jake Moody, including Brock Purdy, including Kyle Shanahan's play calling, at some point will be tested. And he got to figure out a way to come out on top. We are going to have more games dependent upon Jake Moody. We're going to have a game where Brock Purdy has to come back in the fourth quarter. I hope those things come as sooner than later. Correct. I want more of those opportunities now to galvanize what their skill set is so that when you get to the playoffs and those things happen, that's okay. We've been here. We've done this.
3: Yeah. We have to figure out how to continue to be battle tested and overcome those challenges, those physical challenges, those mental challenges. And so maybe Jake Moody is showing us that he's overcome those mental challenges. It shouldn't matter. I've never watched Justin Tuck, uh, uh, Tucker kicked those balls straight down the middle every single time. Some of them skewed to the left, some of them are skewed to the right, some of them he misses, and he's a vet. This kid's a rookie. These guys are going to make those mistakes. At the end of the day, the question is, can we support them? Can we push them to overcome it? Now, I'm not telling people not to be scared. That would be silly of me. Yeah. You should be scared. We've never seen it before. Absolutely, we should be worried, scared, whatever. I think my my goal in life is just to look at it from a different perspective and if he misses oh well shake that junk off get back out there kick it again if you miss it again oh well shake that junk off out there kick it again now that's how we have to look at it like if the 49ers lost this game would we give up on this team after they lost four straight or would we be trying to figure out how to pump this team up so they can just get back to winning
2: i love it and this is the most accurate comment i've ever heard in my life (laughs) Jake Moody looks like Nick Mullen's brother, and you can't tell me otherwise. I'm you not are exactly correct.
3: I'm absolutely I'm not going to tell you otherwise. That is
2: that is fun. I wish I had both their face pictures. I could put them up here right now. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. But this team, and you know, we didn't say this. We're wrapping up this show. When the 49ers play to their potential, they are the best team in the NFL. The best team, the most complete team in the NFL. The issue is ah. It hasn't it's happened once in the past month, right? So can you start to win some of those games when you're not at your best? That's what we're gonna have to see. But um, man, Wayne, I'm pumped. I'm still kind of overcoming all this sleep deprivation and alcohol infused whatever's. But man, it was such a great weekend. And if you're a Niners fan, you should be pumped right now and you should be excited because great things are on the horizon. We are now into the chunk of our season that will determine everything. Everything. The Bucks game's important, but then you've got your three week killer stretch where you got Seattle, Philly, Philly Seattle. Seattle. That's going to determine the division. It's going to determine the number one seed, the number two seed, number three. It's going to everything. So this month, buckle up. It's not all going to be roses. It's not all going to be blowouts. Or it could be. Ah,
3: we'll see, man. I hope. I, thought, it is. I, I I tell you what. You said if this team plays their way, it's all good. I'm going to say if this team stays healthy, it's all good. So you put the two health and play their their way, it's going to be really hard to beat the San Francisco 49ers on the road or at home. And I'm not being a homer or being uber confident or whatever people like to call it. We just know who our team is. We've seen the potential. We know that they can go out there and just find a way to be dominant in all three phases of football, right? As well as have fun doing it. So, when you look at the San Francisco 49ers in this next stretch of football, I mean, Brennan and I, you said best, man. November football, December football is where it all happens and it's where it matters. They got through October. It's over with. You put that page behind them and you look forward to the new chapter. We're 1 and 0. Leave it at that.
2: I love it, man. And, yeah, Alberto, I think this play was really, really cool. He said, did you see Kyle celebrating when George Kittle touched down before Brock Purdy even threw it? Kyle seen it happening before he is. And that's the thing. Like, Kyle is so damn smart, and he understands all these things. You know, I just finished the first half breakdown, and one of my favorite things was it was second to one. Kyle figured out this play would work off of first half play because it was second to one he motions a couple ties, figures out there and man they did it twice and then kittle said this then we'll take it out after this you know, what's
4: fun is um you come in at halftime and um you know you sit down as an offense and kyle brings up like hey these are the eight to ten plays that i want to get ran this half and that play was the second play of the half and that was not on those that was not up <laughs> there and uh you know i don't know if kyle talked about it but he's like second to one they always go man coverage and so motion over there we're in uh 22 personnel so two tight ends, two running backs and a wide receiver. And it gives me a one-on-one versus a linebacker, which I'll take that any day of the week versus anybody. Um, so it was a great call by Kyle to get us in the right play, and it was exactly what we wanted it to be. It was exactly how we drew it up. Uh so I'm just, you know, thankful that Kyle called that play.
2: And so yeah, like when the decision was made, Kyle knew where he wanted the ball to go when he called the play. When it was second and one, Kyle knew just do this. And Purdy stayed in there, took a huge hit, and just freaking floated it. It was perfect. I mean, whenever you have the quarterback, the protection, the route, the matchup, the play call, the situation, he had the answers to the test before he called it. That's why he celebrated. That's why he knew.
3: And, you know, Ed put up uh, a a comment before we get up out of here. And I said this last night on Nitty Gritty Niners. It was the same play call from the Super Bowl. Now, George Kittle pushed off on both of them. One was called (laughs) pass interference. And this one wasn't. Uh, because they knew those. But, but at the end of the day, it was the same play call, just thrifting throwers, same person receiving, same result. Yeah. One was just called back. This one wasn't. So, you know what? Uh, and the most impressive part about that George Kittle touchdown was Brock staying in the pocket to the very last second. And I'm sorry, that pass was all arm. Ain't nothing wrong with that kid's elbow ever, ever. It was all arm. It was all arm. No leg step into the throw. It was, I'm pushing the ball and you're going to go whatever, how many yards I need you to go in the air. And the ball was just like it was yeah, a float. It was up
2: there, <laughs> was up there man. <laughs> that was that was so fun, man. So thank you guys. Really appreciate all the support. Come party with us in Seattle. 49ers Trip.com. Wayne, thank you. Uh, we'll be together Friday. We are doing a show yes. on Wayne's channel, yes. which I'm super pumped about that. We got Steph john and wayne in the morning 8 a.m um wayne take us
3: out man guys you've been faithful and it's starting to pay off continue to stay that way the 49ers are back they're stronger than ever they're faster than ever they're more furious than ever the niners got a long stretch ahead of them let's pump them up faithful stay strong we love you until the next time